calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sarah Michelle Galleroff, Buffy the We stand together, an academic pop culture symposium. It is, it is. We are the pop culture professors. You know, that's right. You know, we're smart people, and you know, we're going to be talking dumb topics. Dumb topics. Some some really dumb topics. You know what? I'm Caitlin Bitsagai. And you know what? I'm still Lauren Brickman. Somehow, miraculously, still. it's the year 2021, still. and I'm still just Lauren Brickman. <laughs> You still are the most. <laughs> I mean, one day though, you're all gonna you're all gonna have a good laugh and a and a big sigh of relief when I log on and say, and I'm Lauren Lee. Oh, she moved, when you marry, she, when she okay. moved, finally, um, you know, unblocks me <laughs> from his heart, from his heart. When he unlocks his heart and lets me in, you know, it could be a Bridgerton thing where he's made a vow. <gasps> that you don't know about oh my god but it has nothing to do with you it's just that there's a bigger picture for him and right now he's made a vow he'll never marry someone named lauren brickman and yeah. it's a very strange circumstance that he made that <laughs> vow. but oh, it'll wow. all be resolved so i guess my resolution to be more grounded in reality is just really off to a great start and you're doing well it's just compared it's more grounded yeah more grounded i'm just working on being more grounded than i was so as helpful as this is and as much as i do use this podcast for therapy this podcast is really about being a stand which you know talking about my inevitable engagement to shimuli is standum that is standum because mm-hmm. when you oh, are absolutely. obsessed when you're obsessed with a particular person, celebrity, couple, or, you know, anything, uh, that's standing. And Caitlin, what are you standing right now? Okay. Right now, I am standing everything in the world of Kim Kardashian and Kanye's divorce. Now, 
we don't record this live. So if something has happened that's really sad <laughs> in between now, I apologize to the listener. I don't stand any bad things happening, but I like the circus. But really what's most important to me is that Kim takes this moment to write her first memoir. I think we need a her first tell-all, we're talking over 700-page book, a la Jessica Simpson. 40 is the year you can do it, I feel, the first one. Because we need to know the ins and outs. And if you think we already know everything about Kim from the show, we don't. Because a book is a totally different thing. I Okay, I do have a couple of follow-up questions. I know this episode is yes. not about this, but this is a, a ripe and rich topic. Do you think when we get when we start to get the first volume and what is likely to be a 12 volume tome of her story, do you think it'll be the truth or do you think it's going to continue to be this like curated image that she's gotten so good? Like we've been reading a lot of memoirs over the past couple of months and there is a distinct difference between the subjects who are like, I'm showing up to speak my truth and those who are like, I'm showing up to spin my gold. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm more interested in the honest version. I think I don't think she'd be ready to talk about her marriage to Kanye, but I think almost everything up to that, including her like courtship with Kanye and maybe her pregnancy with North, I think she might be ready to look at and be honest about because that's the stuff i'm interested in. i'm interested in the chris humphreys what her mind was going on there yeah really like even the sex tape like the you know people have accused them of they leaked the sex tape i actually still don't think that's totally true but they clearly decided to capitalize on the sex tape and what was that conversation like with your mother and your manager like i would like to know some things about her reflections on courtney and chloe and their relationship as it's changed over the years I don't know if any of them will ever be able to be honest about their father. That's something that they. That's sort of their like root of everything. It is. And, you know, my grief counselor when I was going taught me about the the topic of complicated grief, which I believe they are stuck in, which I do think I mentioned to my grief counselor. And she was like, OK, we don't you just talk about Chloe right now. And you're but like, but this is like, what's on my mind. And but I'm, I'm working through something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is so fascinating. I kind of wonder what I would hope as a reader, the experience would be like, would be like reading Mariah Carey's, where it felt yes. like Mariah was really honest about what she was willing to share. And like, I didn't need her to go into details about Nick Cannon because like they're actively still co-parenting. Like, you don't need to go there. And I don't right. need her to go there about Kanye. But you're right. There's so many other perspectives I would be so interested in learning about because she really has lived a very interesting public life. Yeah. I hope she writes her book. Yeah. Her first one. And really, her boyfriend, Reggie, was like her first boyfriend when she was famous. And I really think she like loved that guy. I'm interested I in what too. happened there. I thought that was like, I, yeah, yeah. Well, this kind of weirdly goes hand in hand with what i'm standing this week it's okay i cannot believe that after you know lockdown started in march i spent most of 2020 (laughs) alone i can't believe that it took until january of 2021 for me to remember that the app words with friends exists (laughs) i was playing another a different game with my brother that my brother asked me to download and it just like reminded me that words with friends is a thing and now i can't stop i'm completely addicted and 
it it's it's like the best and the worst of the internet because like it's very mind-numbing um <laughs> but it, but but it's like there's also like the chat function which is a dangerous but exciting mm. thing to see because for instance i was playing a game with a kid i went to summer camp with in high school who i probably haven't seen in over a decade and we had a casual um comfortable back and forth as we were playing which was lovely but then there's also the strangers and there's all that stranger danger in the chats um but it's it's evocative and it's interesting and i i need any maybe you know or stand stands if you know please let me know but i feel like words with friends was never fully explored or examined in the world of the romantic comedy to its full potential oh and if i'm forgetting a movie or if i missed a movie someone please let me know because it feels like the perfect playground for like a hallmark channel or a free form or some sort of made for tv movie where like two like you know two warring colleagues who hate each other <laughs> by day you know very like You've got mail for yes, yes. The you know the cell phone era, and so if this movie doesn't already exist, Hollywood call me because we can make it happen. No, remind me. Words with friends is which one? Is it that one's like Scrabble? Yes, it's the one that's like Scrabble, okay. and I'm pretty sure connecting it to current events. I'm pretty sure this is the game that years ago Alec Baldwin threw a hissy fit because he wouldn't <laughs> turn his cell phone off and stop playing Words with Friends on a phone. Which one is the game that was like uh, the improv warm-up mind meld? Oh, I don't know if I know about this game. I might have missed this game. I'm not a huge cell phone game person because, and we were just kind of talking about this before we started to record, I typically have always had an old phone that like can't keep up with my friends. Like... <laughs> I I'm usually that person that's like I can't download the game my iOS is not current enough to play like my my mom and my brother replaced me because um, I couldn't get Mario Kart to play on my phone so one of my best friends from high school Katie now plays Mario Kart with my mom and my brother because for months my phone just like anytime I tried to open the app it just died yes this game I cannot remember the name but it was like mind meld the improv warm up and today's guest and I actually used to play and sometimes we would guess right on the first guess I remember one we both guessed Ashley spelled with two e's because we were obsessed with watching Princesses Long Island the long forgotten but not by me Bravo show wow well I'm I could talk about words with friends all day but I think it's time to have fun with your friend who I'm excited to meet today for the first time because she's yes a true icon to me yeah absolutely <sighs> I'm getting I'm getting nervous just thinking about how many questions I'm going to want to ask, but should probably wait because, you know, she is a stranger to me. So correct. Correct. OK. And remember, tethered to reality. I'm trying to tether to reality. Um... <laughs> At today's guest. I mean, I couldn't be more excited. Please welcome co-EP and writer for Bridgerton, Lila Cohan. Hello. Yes. So we used to play the game, but it wasn't words with friends, but it was words. Some, words was in it. Words was in it. It was like, guess the word. That can't be what it was. No, but, but that's what it was. <laughs> it really was so stupid. It was like mind meld the improv warm up, if you're familiar with that. In 2013, 2014, New York comedy scene, we were playing, baby. We were playing and then we were Instagramming, which felt so new and interesting. It's like, here's my funny answer. <laughs> and there were no stories. So that was all. 
on the grid, baby. Oh, yeah. That was a dark time. It was a dark time. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do a deep dive on my Instagram to like the early days. And oh. I'll look back and I'm like, why would I have posted that? No, oh, you have to archive. You have to archive hard. We're all archivists now. You know, thank you for saying that. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. That's especially important to this program. And today we're talking women's bodies on television. Something right. we yes, all love. We are. Because I was... I was sending Caitlin Apollo about how one of the things I loved the most about Bridgerton was like watching the female characters like learn about their bodies and how that's like still like it's not just a Regency era activity, folks. Like I (laughs) I have like in the past like about like a year and a half ago was started the diagnosis for PMDD, which is premenstrual Mm -hmm. disorder, which is me too. Oh, my God. Amazing. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> Which is something until my therapist was like, hey, I think you have this thing. I was like, I had never heard about it. And for like my whole, you know, millions of years I've been alive, thought that I was like <laughs> weird or thought that like was made to feel like, oh, you're everyone has a period. You're just like making it worse than it is. And then like. Yeah. Once I had a name for it and I could like search for something specific, I found like all these communities of women and I'm like, I'm not what? Like even just this week I joined this like Facebook group and I was like, what? Other people get colds every month at <laughs> the exact same time. <laughs> like, this is crazy. It's crazy. And it's like just like on that like um note about like female biology, mm-hmm. like I have a three-year-old and when I was trying to get pregnant and I had a miscarriage before him. It was the first time I'd always had my period every like three weeks. And I'd been like, this feels weird. This seems like it's like not great. Like I'm constantly menstruating. Uh, (laughs) And no one cared. And then when it was time for me to have a baby, they're like, oh, that's why like you had a miscarriage because like your body is, it doesn't have enough time between ovulation and your period basically. Mm -hmm cool like I'm glad we're gonna fix this so I can have a kid but like I've been complaining about this for years like I've been a human this whole time (laughs) and this is still a quality of life issue for me not just like a reproductive issue right and when I also when I started getting pregnant I was like oh I didn't know anything about how the reproductive cycle worked like I just knew like I was like man get my period like (laughs) yeah a lot and Honestly, if we were more truthful, like that's all the sex ed I needed to be like, I'm going to be careful. Once I learned what pregnancy was all about, I was like, whoa. God. (laughs) (laughs) I kept saying while I was, after I had my son, I was like, here's my whole sex ed plan. Just show them a a picture of my postpartum hair loss. Like, (laughs) (laughs) all I. Stop doing it. (laughs) My best friend and roommate from college when she was pregnant, we went oh, I'm gonna blow up her spot but like I'm not saying her <laughs> name but like y'all y'all can figure out which one of my roommates that I still am very close to and has had a baby this was but she and I were on a walk one night I, I decided when um I couldn't attend her baby shower and I was like I don't want to give you a gift for the baby. I want to give you a gift for you. So I took her out to like a fancy dinner. Like we went out and like did that. And after dinner, she's like, oh, I really need to go for a walk. And we did. And she was laughing so hard. She like stopped and she grabbed me. She was like, Brickman, I laughed so hard. I'm not sure if I peed my pants or not. And I was like, do you need to go to the bathroom and check? She goes, no, that's just being pregnant. I never know if I've wet my pants or not. And I was like, that is, if more people talked about that. 
it's a harrowing situation. <laughs> it's like, I, I know multiple women who went to the hospital and were like, my water broke. And the doctor was like, nah, you peed yourself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to talk about this. Oh my God. Well, needless to say, we're all experts on the subject, but Lila, we do like to give our credits and, and make the, the audience feel at ease that they're with experts. I think we've done that already, but moving into the credits portion, I, I have one, I feel like it's very funny. I usually Lila talk about my illustrious and bizarre career work history and this is where it actually all started this is my first ever writing gig where i got paid to write something i got paid to write herbal essences commercials <laughs> the orgasm commercials i love that I yes love that. <laughs> i didn't think of the concept i don't want anyone to think first of all that i'm very old or that i thought of that concept but i took the baton from someone else <laughs> That's incredible. I I love that each week I learn something new about you, Caitlin. I love that we can keep it fresh. Great. And each week I say my credit's not going to be a weird job I have. And then I remember one that's just too related. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep my credit simple this week. I am someone who identifies as a woman. I identify as having a body. And <laughs> my body's been on TV. That's my credit. <laughs> The body has been featured on television. Mm -hmm. We don't think about it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen my body on a TV screen, so that's my (laughs) speak. And live to tell the tale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And and, and Lila, we've already said your credits on and off screen, but anything you'd like to add? I Well, you know, I did, besides my work on Bridgerton, um, I was on a season of Awkward that also featured... Tamara learning how to have an orgasm with herself. So um, that's, that's I, a specialty. That's a go-to of yours. It's a go-to of mine. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for your work. That show was really important to me in grad school. So oh my God, thank you. Um, I was only on the last two seasons, but it was very fun and uh, truly made life lifelong friends. Um, that's and- so fun. Oh yeah, that was my awkward and switched at birth were like the two shows <laughs> that gave me joy when I was in my final year of grad school. <laughs> Incredible. I love it. <laughs> switched at birth. Listen, Absolutely. the great, my friend, one of my classmates in grad school pointed out, she was like, the great thing about switched at birth is because you have to read the subtitles, you have to just pay attention to that and nothing else. You can't multitask. And so it was just like a great, like, I have to just do this and be here in this moment. And I loved it. I love that. I have a friend who wrote for both. So I will tell her that. Uh, Wow. You're super Stan, Lauren. Oh my God. No. I feel like I'm at my own personal Comic Con right now. (laughs) She's also written a Hallmark movie. So she's like, who really? is this queen? Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, it is Lauren's dream to be in a Hallmark movie. That is her career aspiration. Oh it's god. so true. <laughs> Maybe she can help me make the words with friends Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, we have a true queen and expert in our midst, and so I think we need to put your incredible uh, pop culture prowess and female-centric know-how to the test in a little game that we're calling Period Drama. (laughs) So we have collected the synopsis of some popular television series and that all featured menstruation 
plot lines. So I'm going to give you the plot line of a series and you're going to try to guess what series this plot line came from. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first one uh, has the star of this series getting her period and trying to find a way to talk to her dad without being embarrassed. In this episode, a special guest star who plays a famous TV mom on another series played her pretend mom in a dream sequence to help her navigate the changes she's experiencing in her body. What series do you think this was? And if you need a hint, let us know. I'm going to say something that is a series I've never watched. Okay. But it feels like something that would have happened on it. Okay. Was it Lizzie McGuire? No, but that is a great guess. That is a great <laughs> guess. Um, Lizzie McGuire, truly iconic. Um, for those of you like me that are in pain because the reboot's not happening, I'm here for you. Feel free to DM. Uh, but no, it is. it is. This is like the, I would say this show walked so Lizzie McGuire could run. Okay, okay. Um, shit. I need a hint. It is, it was a, a huge hit in the 90s, and the star of the series is now on a brand new show on Fox. <laughs> I mean, if it's huge in the 90s, I would have seen it. I would be surprised, based on everything I know about you, I would assume <laughs> you were as big a fan, if not bigger fan, of this series as we were. I will say this, if this show didn't exist... We wouldn't have uh, <laughs> the Lawrence brothers would have never been a thing if this show hadn't existed. It's Clarissa. No, it's not. Uh, Clarissa. So awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? Here's, this is so shocking. That's a blind spot for me. I never thought. <gasps> wow. Awesome. Um, okay. Okay. So. Wow. So my, so my Bialik is just a confusing phenomenon to you. Confusing uh, person for me. <laughs> uh, I should have gotten that from a new show on Fox. Also because. The last show I worked on had the same producers as that show, so I was like constantly hearing about their pre-production process. So embarrassing all around. <laughs> Not at all. Not, Not at, at all. all. Not at she all. She has so many odd things about her that the more clues that you would be given, the harder it would be. It's like I mean, if you said Orthodox Jew, I would have been immediately right with Fair. a Ph with a PhD. We're like playing a young Bette Midler in Beaches. <laughs> it's like this is a weird life. Listen. She's fascinating. She's fascinating. <laughs> and I thank her because Blossom taught me a lot about what it meant to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> oh to, to Blossom. To Blossom. Uh, all right. So this next series, uh, the mom and dad of this popular TV show knew something was up with their second eldest daughter, but at first think she's just worried about basketball. Instead, she's actually freaked out about starting her first period and what it means. Seventh heaven. Oh, iconic. That makes so much sense. But was no. I not right? No. No. But you're I, Oh, you know what? Mary was the oldest one on show. Yes. When you said basketball, I was like, I got this. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Lauren wrote this out and I can see the answer. And my brain was only about a half a second like ahead of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay, really. um second oldest daughter. And I will say this. I didn't remember that this character ever had a connection to basketball. So when I read, I was like, they did. Well, she was, she's sporty and a tomboy. A tomboy for sure. Sporty, Can I, I don't remember. This was in the 90s, but I will give you a super, a super hint. This show has been rebranded and is back on the air. Oh, was it Full House? No. Another no, mom and dad idiot. Uh. <laughs> idiot. Stupid idiot. <laughs> The mom dies in 
dies what? before the series. That's why the whole series exists. <laughs> Idiot. What else has been rebooted? I mean, everything. I mean, the problem is, yeah, everything. <laughs> everything. It's currently, it's currently on the air. The reboot has not concluded. Oh, Roseanne. Yeah. yeah. I had yeah. totally forgotten that this was one of Darlene's storylines. Oh my god! Yeah. I, you know, I know that the guy from Seventh Heaven turned out to be a bad person. Stephen yes. Collins. Yeah. Yes. No yeah. uh, bad luster. Yeah. Should though. Yes. They reboot Seventh Heaven yes. without him. Like, should 100%. it? 100%. Yes. yes. Beverly need- Mitchell will do anything. Bever- I was going to say, Beverly Mitchell's free. Like, let's not mince words. Uh- oh, she's Instagramming constantly. <laughs> so she's not free, but Jessica Beale could use uh, honestly, PR. Honestly, let's bring it to HBO Max and let's deal with the dad character dying. I was going to say, let him be in jail for being a known pedophile. <laughs> Oh my god. Let's and speak to I it. would love Annie Camden to read him for filth. Yeah. After okay. he was so mean to her because she smoked pot once. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's real. Like, let's deal with that hypocrisy. Like, this stuff happens. I think the case is still active, so I won't go into too many specifics, but like a church oh, no. that I did community theater at as a child had a, this this was a real storyline at a real church. This stuff happens. They should do it. They should deal with it. That's my thought. Agreed. Send send Pastor Camden to jail and let's let's see the aftermath. I mean, we, I'm here for this dark reboot of Seven Heaven, <laughs> but we can't have Stephen Collins in it. So no, 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 no. It's just gonna have to be like, no. He dies in jail. It's like what what um with the salt with the Housewives of Salt Lake City are talking about. Like you've done wrong. We're now we don't acknowledge you. No one's no one's going to visit him in jail. Shunning. Yeah, shunning. he's been shunned. Okay. We're gonna shun All right. him. All right. I love Fair. that. Love it. Seventh Heaven shunned that, that's the... <laughs> i think that's what needs to happen all right we got i got i got another one for you this one this this should be a, an easy one but the star of this series sang a song about period sex crazy ass girlfriend yeah nailed it <laughs> uh in the penultimate episode of this series two best friends try to find a tampon on an airplane uh, Broad City. Yeah, she's cruising. Yes. She's cruising. cruising. We're in cruise control now. Cruising. <laughs> um, all right. The star of this series, unable to find a new job, blames her problems on premenstrual syndrome, causing one of her male roommates to also think he's suffering from the same syndrome, even though he is a man. Is it New Girl? Yeah. Oh, she's on fire. She's on she's fire. On fire. She's on. All right. We have one final question for you. Uh, a subplot in the season one, episode nine of this long running series finds a major character dealing with mixed up feelings from yelling to crying. And while sitting on a bench with her best friend, realizes she's gotten her first period and soaked through her white skirt. Oh, on this long running show. Mm-hmm. Extremely long running. Well, everyone on Grey's Anatomy is an adult, which would be my first. When you say long running, that is now. Yes. Oh, sure. Yes. This what show, happens in my mind? I will give you the hint that this is not homegrown. This is a Canadian made a television series. Oh, Degrassi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did not mention my number one favorite menstruation related <gasps> plot line, which, which is, which is on I- iconic short lived 90s show, Popular. Um, yes yeah the um everyone gets their period at once and they are locked in the bathroom until they figure out 
oh. issues and it's <sighs> wonderful yeah great wow. call great call you know ryan murphy started so hot like popular was so, so good why so <sighs> good i've been I... chasing the hot popular yeah before. yeah yeah i think we all have i just want everything to be popular and i wish popular lasted 10 seasons you know i mean it even then it had the hallmarks of ryan murphy which is like strong start and even by mid-season two it didn't make any sense <laughs> but there was something about the lack of sense in that show that i was just like in this world the no sense makes sense totally yeah totally yeah. and i think like very early glee scratched it for me but then that went off the rails so thoroughly that like in a less interesting way they were of the same cloth but i never liked the characters on glee as much as i like the characters on popular for some well they didn't go as hard like you never had a mary carrie on glee you know mary carrie come on has there ever been a better and then now we're at the prom and it's like he's he's lost he's lost the thread big time (laughs) (laughs) it's all just his lighting cues and none of it didn't understand the script mm-hmm. at all. Oh, from <sighs> he almost me with his uh, Range Rover on the Paramount lot once. Ooh, um, ooh. and then you dirty look as though it had been my fault. So well, <laughs> you chose to walk. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, th- you did a great job, and thank you so much. You. you crushed this crimson wave, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break to mop things up, and we'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back, and I, I'm excited to, to, to introduce the next topic, which... 
we're talking women's bodies on TV. And and my thesis this week, I think there's a show we haven't given enough credit to. We don't think of it as revolutionary. We don't think of it as pushing the envelope. But in a way, I think it did. I think Friends showed women liking sex in a way that we never saw before. And I thank them. Uh, I'm going to show a uh, famous, famous scene from the show, which is the, well, I'll just let her speak for herself. All right. <clears throat> you could uh, start out with a, a little one, a two, a one, two, three, a three, a five, a four, a three, two, two, a two, four, six, two, four, six, four, two, two, four, seven, five, seven, six, seven. Seven, 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 seven. And there you are. Yeah, that'll work. We're like, I just don't think you'd seen a lot of stuff like that before on television where it's like she's enjoying sex and she's going to try to help Chandler, her future husband, uh, understand how to have good sex. Like even that being a concept, I think was a long like it was a running thing on the show, which I appreciate. And um there were a lot of things like that, like when Rachel and Monica uh, get to the bathroom and there's only one condom left and they actually like argue over it. I think that's such a cute scene, too, where they're like, I don't want to say it's like you've seen. But I mean, the only comparison that we've had on television is like men operate on TV where it's like, I want to get laid. And <laughs> if it means you don't get laid. OK, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the that's the breaks gal yeah. and then the entire paulo plot <laughs> <laughs> such that it is is just that rachel wants to have sex with a hot european man listen hey who doesn't he's paulo <laughs> uh monica and chandler when they do hook up it's like very sex-based at first <laughs> which we know now monica has like taught him everything about sex so that worked out um and basically i like that sex is treated as fun but it's not weird like i i there's shows where they talk about sex as like the best part of their lives but it's so unconvincing it's so like overwrought and like n no one has had sex that's written this show <laughs> it's like, you right. feel like like even sex in the city sometimes I believe Kim Cattrall, but the rest of them, it could just, the way it's written, it's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I will also give a shout out, uh, yes. even a precursor to Friends, of Elaine on Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, I will, I totally agree with that. And I also found an article by Ray Alexandra and KQED, shout out. She, she did mention that <laughs> There, she did research on birth control in television. And let's see, Friends, Seinfeld, Felicity, and Sex and the City all had diaphragm storylines at a time when fewer than 1% of American women were using diaphragms. Um, I think it's just because it's sort of a good... 
I mean, her point was like the men writing the shows don't know about women's bodies, which we know is true. Yes. I also think it's just kind of a dramatic yes <laughs> apparatus yeah so as yeah. a writer you're like well what if she did <laughs> i can't think of anything else yeah uh, and it also you know friends is not a super serious show but you know we saw surrogacy way mm-hmm. before that's mm-hmm. become mainstream with phoebe yeah. uh infertility with monica and chandler and unplanned pregnancy with rachel and ross and somewhat i guess <laughs> ross and carol Ross is having some issues. But my question to you guys, do do the men on Friends like having sex? Because I actually find them all not sexual. Joey does. Joey talks about it a lot. He has sex, but he just doesn't feel sexual to me. Like, he's an example of what I'm talking about. Of like, he's talking about it all the time, but it's like, he talks about it the same way he talks about ravioli. So I'm... <laughs> All three of those men seem like they'd be very bad in bed. I will say that. Like, yeah, I can't envision a world where any of them are good. No, I mean, rewatching Maybe. Friends. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Rewatching yeah. Friends, Ross is just horrible to be around. No, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I can't imagine. It, it's weird that they talk to him because they don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Monica's brother, like he's kind yeah. of yes, he's just sort of grandfather claused into the group. Yeah, you know, like. and then when they don't like Emily, they just are like, we don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> they have no manners as friends at all. No, no. You, what you would do in real life is be like, oh yeah, Emily, great, and then text the other five and be yes. like, let's fucking talk about Emily. I guess it's because they didn't have text messaging. Is that why they're so weird? It was harder before text. Oh, it was harder. It's really historical. Hard. Yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm being anachronistic. <laughs> you would confront your friend about how you hate the fiance in 1995. <laughs> I'm writing a script right now that's uh, has flashbacks set in 1986, and I truly like put it texting in that flashback, and then like fully like wrote three lines that was like, wait. this is now a sci-fi series where they have advanced technology (laughs) Uh, well that's that's my thesis i think friends deserve some credit uh for showing us female sexuality in a fun way that also women supporting each other in it which i think that's maybe the thing i like the most yeah yeah i think that's fair and i think like friends has been you know, because it's on HBO Max and there's and there's been so much nostalgia around it. There's also been a lot of backlash against Friends because as we're rewatching it, we're all kind of like, oh, there's, there's, there's a lot of there's issues ish. here. <laughs> like this, is, this show was real white and real homophobic, but there were some bright spots still. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there were. And I think like it was also just like, you know, the thing with Friends that you kind of touched on, Caitlin, is that like it was women friends talking to each other yeah about yeah it was very much a precursor like i think that like elaine was really sex positive on seinfeld but did right. elaine have a female friend absolutely not like no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. and it was like i always think someone i think emily nussbaum maybe said this mm-hmm. but like the fantasy of sex in the city it's not that these women have these like incredible lives or incredible clothes. It's that they have brunch with their friends every week. Like yeah. um, that I think was kind of the thing with friends too. It's just that like, oh, what wouldn't it be fun to like live with my best friend and have a fight over the last condom? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, I like that. A fun fight. Fun fight. Yeah. Um, Speaking of fun okay. fights, I think yeah. that's a great segue into our next oh, segment. Yeah. <laughs> this next game is called, Lila, get ready. It's called 5,600 People Died and it made the best grapes of all time. Yay! <laughs> so as someone who recently wrote on a historical fiction show, you know, I mean, we write about different time periods mm-hmm. to learn about our current time period. So <laughs> we're giving you the job of casting Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in their own new historical fiction show. So I'm going to give you a housewife. You're going to give me a scenario for a show. Could be a sitcom. Could be an hour-long drama. Let me know where you see them and their aura. It could be them starring in it or them as a character. Let me know where they belong. And it's a period piece? Yeah. yeah we want you period piece, but you know, that can mean anything from 2020 okay. on back. You're time right. traveling with these SLC women. So right. Where are we going to put Heather? What is Heather's historical fiction show? I want to see... Okay, well, there's two things. I have two options here. Mm-hmm. One is seeing Heather as part of her Mormon ancestors. Yes. <laughs> Blazing yes. a new trail, as she says in her tagline. Um, I'd like to see Heather in a covered wagon. I'd like to see her mm. figuring out the beauty treatments for her other uh, <laughs> fellow pilgrimer- pilgrims. Uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Um, I also, though, I have some naval stuff thinking about whether or not Heather was a good time girl in college. Mm-hmm. And I think a half hour sort of like Goldberg's Wonder Years <laughs> adjacent uh, comedy about Heather in college. Uh, yeah. And in general, like, honestly, because I assume she went to BYU. Yeah. She did. Um, <laughs> You're great. having a uh, a Mormon college comedy is very funny to me. Yeah, and <laughs> calling a good time girl, and it starts with it's kind of like an easy A situation that starts with yes. humor. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Hundred percent. Greenlit. We <laughs> love it. Greenlit. All right. How about Whitney Rose? <sighs> Whitney Rose, creator of the most iconic tagline, maybe we've ever seen. Maybe. Yeah. Um, does she know it's bad? No, I don't think no. so. I don't think no. so. She's it's very proud so of it. She's very funny to me. Um, uh, let's see. Where would I like to see Miss Whitney Rose? Had an affair with her current husband. He's 20 years older. They uh-huh. are excommunicated. Her dad faces addiction. Let's see Whitney. Let's see Whitney and her husband. Let's see them in a sexy period Amish drama. <gasps> yeah done <laughs> print and they're like sassy amish neighbors her husband's hot in this version yeah and they their love is uncontrollable but yeah. the stakes are so high uh i would watch the hell out of that show Absolutely. amish swingers yep amish swingers. <gasps> straight to uh, series perfect and, and lastly but most importantly mary cosby where is she Mary Cosby's in The Handmaid's Tale, man. Oh. <laughs> wow. Poor Mary Cosby. She's an in, she's a broken person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, you know, she's seen some shit. She's been through some shit. She also doesn't know what the Met Gala is. No, uh, no, <laughs> no. no. But, but it will not to. stop her from throwing that luncheon. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't looks- stop me from wanting to be at that luncheon. No. The swag. Are you kidding me? 
I want my beta fish. I want my Louis Vuitton AirPods. I want my weird journal that she bought in Barnes and Noble. Uh, <laughs> I want it all. She looks like, like when you see a newborn baby colt and they just are like wobbling around, that's both her like stance and just emotionally, that's where she is at all times. I just think about her luncheon. I think about the 5,600 people dying. Mm-hmm. I think about um, Walter. That's- Mm. yeah she's in the handmaid's wow (laughs) (laughs) so real so real wow i love all of all of these series these are all shows i would watch and i hope they all get made thank you i think they will let's take a quick break and then we'll get those green lit yeah we're gonna we're gonna call hulu and make sure they know handmaid's tale the story of mary cosby is is green lit so we're gonna call wow we're we're just calling hulu a lot these days we'll be right back All right, y'all. Um, so once again, you know, Stan Sands, you, you, you know, this happens to me a lot. Sometimes I sit down to start research on a thesis and I find myself down a rabbit hole uh, and discover a whole new pathway and a whole new thesis that I wasn't expecting. Um, and that once again has happened. I... You know, I love the Regency era and we were talking about Bridgerton. I had a whole Regency era thesis planned, but then I stumbled upon an article and I I have to I have to present a different thesis to you all today. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. And today my thesis is save lives, cast fat people, because <laughs> I I found this article on CNN Health. That came out not long ago. It was published on uh, December 19th of 2019, not that long ago. Uh, And it was written by a man named Jack Guy, which I could spend hours talking about that name. Jack Guy, what a name. (laughs) But the article talks about this this study that was led by the University of Durham in the UK. And the study basically was calling for better representation of people of different shapes and sizes to reduce the pressure to aspire to the thin ideal body. And, you know, this isn't anything new. We all understand this. But what was different about this study was that they were actually able to get data by going into, um, I believe it was villages in, I'm trying, I think it was like perhaps uh, parts of Africa and maybe, maybe also um, South America, but primarily I believe it was villages in, in Africa that don't have access to TV. So they were able to get this, this, this data point where they could really, um, really get evidence to support these ideas that we've been talking about for a long time and that there is a direct correlation between uh folks who did have access to bv versus people who didn't have access to dv and what their idea of like the uh, beauty standards are and so these scientists are like you know while we're talking about diversifying what we see on tv and represent and how much representation matters let's also keep in mind that body type representation matters and so i really think this is a while we're all out there working on our scripts and we're thinking about diversity diversity of bodies is really important and it remain reminded me of friend of the show glow tavares and i uh in the before times when we did things mm-hmm. together used to host a, a comedy show called uh bertha's big fat pool party and it was all um comedians that identified as fuller figured um 
folks. And one of the shows, a comic came up to us after the show and they were like, I've done shows that were about like my racial identity, my gender identity, my sexual identity. I've never been in a space where people gather together based on like their body type identity before. And like we, we, I don't know. And so just thinking about that when we're thinking about creating spaces. Anyways, I just think that uh, based on the study, based on my own experience and based on, you know, we just got to we could save people by casting fat people and not just making them tell stories about being fat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that seems the especially. <laughs> I work uh, on season two of special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It'll be out um, in, I don't know, spring. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited because we have a plus size character on it. Ryan's friend, Kim. And this season, it's half hour episodes. We have like more time to actually get to know the characters. And I think Kim's body is mentioned once, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like as in terms of her being plus size, like everything else is just like her actual story Story. about revolutionary. Uh, (laughs) It's like very nice. And also she has sex with some really hot guys. So yeah. uh, that is important representation too. Um, <laughs> as a fuller-figured woman who's newly single, uh, I feel like <laughs> important representation. Well, we actually we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, to circle back to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. Heather it, on the housewife spectrum is is bigger, and they actually I would say Salt Lake City in general doesn't have like diet uh, plot lines or anything like that. No, like, no one really has like touched on that subject, and it's so much more interesting. <laughs> so yes. more interesting Heather's out there. She's she's getting men. She left that party with that man. Um, yeah, I want to know what happened there though. That that seemed a little that dot, dot, dot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I totally agree. And it's just like it's, and I will say like when I work, it's the hardest thing to get networks and studios to agree to. Wow, That's- like. I had a pilot for a while and there was, I'm not in the off chance this is back, I'm not going to mention the actress's name, but it was someone wonderful who's mm-hmm. like a very successful actress who um, has like anchored shows before. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned her for the lead several times and the producers kept saying, I just feel she's not aspirational. <gasps> uh, and that was the word they kept using. And I was like, that's so rude um and it was very hard like they were just like for the lead absolutely not and that seems like people know at this point they can't be openly racist <laughs> yeah. like they know they can't be like i don't want to see a black person in that part like and they know to some extent there needs to be some like diversity of like uh sexuality but i think when it talk when you talk about bodies they really get to this place where it's like openly like no i don't want to see that and it's really upsetting it's yeah it's so interesting when i've heard the not aspirational thing before too and used you know in so many different settings not just about body type but you know for all sorts of different representation and it's like but who's deciding what's aspirational and that's what I that was what was so interesting about this this particular CNN article that I was reading which I will link on our social media but it's sort of like you know that argument of like it it's not what people are looking for and it's like well because at the top you're deciding what people should be looking for like right like, yeah <laughs> and it's like which again we all know but it's like it's one of those things like I think 
I was having this conversation with my mom yesterday uh, about generational differences, about like how we like, you know, I was like, there's a difference between things that have been felt for a long time and like now having like data to back up those feelings and like having the receipts. And it's like, it's not that any of this is new information. It's not like this isn't stuff that we all haven't been talking about for decades upon decades. But it is interesting, like when you uh, give something space and money and funding or time or whatever, it's like, look, we can we can like prove these feelings. We can prove these thoughts and like hopefully what we can't keep ignoring it I don't know right yeah, totally. Yeah. totally I agree yeah and I, I think and I yeah and and I think one of the things that made me like so upset too is when I was doing my initial research part of what led me here was like there were all of these like um listicles that were trying to like celebrate the female form with characters that were like you know plus size and kicking ass and taking names and like some of the like <laughs> there there's one article that tried to say like Nikki Blonsky on huge it wasn't a character about being fat I was like that whole series took place at a fat camp like, right. like <laughs> it was all about how, how being fat was bad like just because yeah. they were falling in love like they were at a fat camp like you can you can make it as positive as you want but like they were at a fat camp <laughs> hilarious and you know not that i wasn't excited about it not that i didn't shoot a self-tape for it in my apartment in iowa city but it was still about a fat camp so i'm very excited to see special and see this plus size actress banging people she's great fucking best um and also by the way i will say like her wardrobe like every single item is gorgeous um well that's that's exciting and that's another thing because another article i was reading was talking about like how what a small percentage plus size fashion like options make up in the entire like fashion industry and i was like that's so true because like i don't know how often thin folks watch tv and see items from their closet on tv but it happens a lot (laughs) when you're fat because there's just fewer Uh, options Right. Yeah. I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, can I still wear this dress? Because Kate on This Is Us has now worn it three times. <laughs> <laughs> you could look like you're doing cosplay. I know. And friend of the show, Jonathan Fernandez, already calls me Kate sometimes. And that's just, what am I doing here? He's canceled. Um, Let's end on canceling Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We would never sever ties to the Gossip Girl reboot. <laughs> Well, this has been so. I thank you so much for coming on and talking w- women's bodies. This is so much fun for everyone who's fallen in love with you and they want and and want to follow you where you go and find out what the release date for special is. Where can folks find you? Um, they can find me at at Lila Cohan, L E I L A C O H A N, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I'm both of those places a lot. Uh, <laughs> stories. I will warn you, are like very upsetting total whiplash because I follow both like a lot of what I would describe as New England porn Mm -hmm. and a lot of social justice things. So it's like four Black Lives Matter posts and in in Vermont. (laughs) 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 It's like uh, reproductive rights. Foliage, foliage, foliage dog. (laughs) Look, it's all important content. (laughs) It's all good. representation of my mind <laughs> so <laughs> there you go well well you can follow us at we stand social across all the dang platforms every one of them 
try try to find a platform we're not on i dare you uh you know that's the that's our thing. We like to be on the socials. Uh, if you have an idea for an episode that you want to hear us get into, or if you have any clapbacks, or if you have seen a romantic comedy that integrates words with friends, please slide into our DMs, email us, we stand social at gmail.com, or hey, use our Google voice number. It's all up there. All right. Later, Stan Stans. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the Vampire, Now the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their